Matthew talked about eternity. I'm just going to pick out a particular section of Ecclesiastes. We really don't have time to do the whole book, you know, line by line. But I'm going to take a, a, passage, a passage out of chapter 10 of the skinny book in the Old Testament after all the big fat ones of Psalms and Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. As dead flies cause even a bottle of perfume to stink, so a little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. A wise person chooses the right road, and a fool takes the wrong road. You can identify fools just by the way they walk down the street. Here's a tip. If your boss is angry with you, don't quit. A quiet spirit can overcome even great mistakes. There is another evil I've seen under the sun. Kings and rulers make a great mistake when they give great authority to foolish people and low positions to people of proven worth. Uh, Isn't this some incredible advice from the wisest of all men here? You may not know the name Chuck Negron. May not be familiar with you, but for many years, for over a decade, he sang with a rock and roll group called Three Dog Night. Some of you are still not educated, but you've probably heard, one is the loneliest number that... You heard that one? All right. Uh, we'll have another go. Um, joy to the world, all the boys and girls, to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Okay, you know that one? Um just an old-fashioned love song? Just an old-fashioned love song. Okay. <laughs> so now we know who he is, eh? He was the voice behind some of those. So Chuck had it all. He was a bit like a modern-day Solomon. He and his band had 11 top 10 hits, sold 50 million records. He was famous. He could have anything in the world. But, of course, his career was also unfortunately cursed by heroin addiction. He had ten, he had a hundred attempts at rehab. One hundred attempts. And after pawning his gold records to buy cocaine, uh, his life bottomed out. He was literally living in a squat in East LA in a crack house. He had lost everything at all. He ended a program eventually called Cry Help and finally after 20 years of failure, he won the battle. Good news, eh? But it took him a hundred tries before he finally made it. It is such a challenge that people with great potential can mess up so badly. And that sometimes people with less talent and less ability seem to do better. What hindered him? What hinders me? What hinders the person next to you? Don't look at them too closely. From reaching the maximum potential that God has planned for their life. I believe that this is just one of my little personal pet theories. I won't start a church over it, won't start a denomination over it, but my little pet theory is that when we get to heaven, Christians will not be judged for their sins. God will have no memory of them. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because God has forgiven us of all our sins. Isn't that great news? Every stuff up, every mess up, every failure we're making is under the blood of Jesus. And John the Baptist says, that, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away some of the sins of the world, takes away 
all the sins of the world. No one goes to hell because of sin. Isn't that good news? Sin is conquered. It's beaten. People go to hell because of unbelief, not because of sin. Sin's been dealt with. But nevertheless, the Bible says that we'll appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not judgment for sin, but judgment of the works that might do. Now, the way I think this is going to happen is that there's probably going to be a big video screen in heaven, a bit like what we have here, and we will have a video of Mike's light. And you know how we get beeps? You know, when you're watching the TV sometimes? As we watch Mike's life, there's going to be lots of beep, beep, you know, blacked out, censor, <laughs> little blacks. That will be the life. It won't be blacked out, it'll be redded out. I like that. It'll be redded. This is just my imagination. I'm going to write my book one day. This is my revelation. Ten series. It'll be redded out. But on the other screen is going to be the life that God had planned for Mike. And it's going to have influence on it and success and people being blessed for the kingdom. And I'll have to look at both those screens and say, Dear Lord, I could have cooperated with you a little bit sooner. I could have said yes earlier. I could have sucked up my stuff and dealt with it a bit sooner. I could have admitted to myself that I needed help. I could have made that phone call. I could have made someone my accountability partner. I could have got a mentor in my life. That, I think, will be our judgment. To see what God could have done with your life, what you end up doing with it. (laughs) So here's the wisest man in the world. And he's giving you some advice on how to have a maximized life. Anybody interested? So you could entitle the sermon, How to Have the Bestest Life, or you could entitle How Not to Be an Idiot and Mess It Up. It's actually the same sermon. Can someone say amen? Can someone say oh me? <laughs> so it's the same sermon, How to Do Well in Life or How Not to Do Well in Life. It's the same sermon. And here's the first key. First of all, you have to define what the win is. Because if the win is having money, then you know, I've either got money, I've got no money. Or if the win is having as many sexual relationships as you have, well, you've either can do that or you can't do that. You know, define what your win is. And Solomon is a guy that we've worked out, has experimented with everything. Yes, he's experimented with everything. And he has come away, he's got out his calculator, he's punched out what the answers are, and he wants to tell you this, that life is short. Fill it with God and enjoy the rest of it. That's great advice. These are the components. But some of us are a bit like the dog chasing the train. We really don't know what to do if we ever catch it. We're chasing something, chasing you know, the perfect relationship. Sorry, I've already got that one. Chasing the perfect dream house. Chasing the yacht and the barnacles and the descaling and the motor that won't start. Chasing, chasing, chasing. And we do not know what the win is. The Bible says here's the win. God first, everything else second. 
So how to have a maximized life? Solomon proverbially was the wisest man of his day. He was the Harold Robbins of his day, the Robin Sharma of his day, and his inspired advice is still relevant today. If you can hear it, who wants to know how to have a great life? Two people do. Okay. You know, Elvis Presley was told by one music producer that he should stick to driving a truck. <laughs> Little did they know that Elvis Presley would become the, uh, one of the most successful rock and roll artists of all time. He has 110 gold and platinum records and is certified as the, is the most certified recording artist of all time. But as we know, later in, st- later in life, his life collapsed. He was unable to deal with stuff on the inside. It will stop you from being successful if you don't deal with some of the black stuff in you. Here's one of the things that Solomon says. Character is important. In fact, build character before you build anything else. Put character first and success second. But in our world these days, we seem to think success is okay and it doesn't matter what your character's like. But we've seen over and over what happens to the Britney Spears and the other people who get success without character. The success destroys them. Get character first. In Ecclesiastes 10 verse 1, dead flies cause a bottle of perfume to stink. Yes, an ounce of foolishness. Just a little bit of crazy stuff can outweigh a pound of wisdom and honor. Just a little bit of the bad stuff can destroy all the good stuff. You know, in the ancient world, see, we now live in a place where you can buy perfume and it just lasts forever. Um, my wife tends to collect bottles of different shades of yellow stuff across and you know, I think some of them actually probably work, but they just get collected. But in the ancient world, they didn't have a, a means of stabilizing the organic formula, often of crushed petals or resins or whatever. They had no means of stabilizing So it would actually go off pretty quickly. And if it were exposed to the atmosphere, if a fly got into it, something that one day smelt really nice could next day smell Ew. really bad. And Solomon uses this as a picture to get across the point that it doesn't matter how sweet your life is. It doesn't matter how good you are. You might be a Chanel number 25. <laughs> but if you don't deal with the little bit of corruption in your life, it can destroy the whole. It's not fair, but it's how life works. It's not fair. But it is actually how it works. So you can take something that's beautiful and wonderful and a little bit can corrupt it. So here's this invisible scale. This is how life works. You've got your good points. Turn to your name and say, you've got many good points. One's on the end of your nose. (laughs) But all those good points can be sabotaged by one fly. I did this illustration a uh, a few years ago. I didn't think I'd repeat it on you, but... I, I, I have my little bottle of water here today and says, you know, everybody knows that this is pretty clean water. And I undid it and then I took out of my little matchbox a little bit of very fresh horse poo. Because we've got lots of horse poo. It's one of the things that we're good at at our place is horse poo. <laughs> we've got horses and where there's horses, there's horse poo. 
And so I put a little bit of horse poo into the water. Just a little bit. Just a real little bit. In fact, I shook it up and it still looked like a clear bottle of water. And no one was prepared to drink from it. I mean, it's 99% bottled water. It's just a little bit of bad stuff. And no one seemed to want to take it on. Though in this church now, there's probably someone who would. Just, <laughs> just a man up, you know, I'll do it as a dare, you know, you do it. <laughs> so, so a little bit of corruption can do a really bad thing. So if you want to succeed, you will need to mask, master your weaknesses. Excuse me. You may never be strong in a particular area, but you can use protection. You can put on your helmet. You can pad up. Put your knee pads on. Find your mojo. Understand if you're vulnerable in a certain area, one mistake can do so much damage. One mistake in the fireworks factory makes for a terrible display. I don't think I've ever told my wife this. She's not here, so I'm safe. No one will tell her. A number of years ago, I was traveling overseas in Malaysia. And we're in a place in Malaysia, a long way from everywhere. It was sort of like a Malaysian Disneyland, but it was very concrete and lots of cobwebs and lizards and everywhere. And it was a little bit run down. And So this was, uh, we were going to have a, a family camp there. I'd been invited up there to do a family camp for a couple of churches. And I had a couple of days free in between the two camps. And the pastor saying, he says, do you want to go and have a look at this place and I went and had a fish bar, had my first fish bar. Anyone ever had a fish bar? This is where you put your feet into water. And all these little fish come out and they eat you. They eat all the dead skin off you. And it's, it's, it's the pain in the ecstasy, you know, because if you've got ticklish feet, you know, you think, I'm being eaten alive. And fish seem to like eating stuff. So that was all right, the fish bar. Um, that was interesting. And then they said, would you like a massage? Now, the only other time I've ever had a massage was in the airport. And I was able to keep all my clothes on. And, you know, when you're traveling, you get to my age, not your age, but when you get to my age, you get a bit sore and a bit stiff and stuff. So I thought, yeah, I'd have a massage. It's going to be cheap. So I went into this place. It was massage. It looked all over fine. This nice young girl came out. She smiled. I didn't think she had a lot of English. And she signaled for me to take my shirt off. Well, that's all right, because if I suck it in, it's still all right. Then she wanted my T-shirt. Now I'm getting a bit vulnerable. Then she wanted my trousers. I am getting nervous now. I am getting really nervous. She gets my trousers, and then she starts to put her hands on me and start to massage and stuff like this. And I think she had fingers of steel, actually, because I probably was going more like, instead of, ah, it was more like, ah. And, you know, like every time I went, ah, she'd push it even harder. But about 20 minutes into this massage, I suddenly realized that extras were available. Now, this is, I've not told my wife this, by the way, so you are sworn to secrecy, okay? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Oh, I better finish the story. <laughs> and the song was broken English, but it became 
apparent that there was extras available. So I went for the wedding ring. <laughs> no, 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 married. And she said, oh, they're all married. <laughs> that was no pushback at all. And I had this moment, guys, where I just, just to make it clear, I have red blood. I remember what hormones are, okay? So no, I have red blood. I had a moment where if I went one way with this, no one would ever know. No one would ever know. I could have had my little moment of fun in the sun. And no one would ever know. I could go the other way. And that should be a bit embarrassing. Grab my trousers and run out. And uh, I, I can't take any credit because I can't. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I have animal instincts like anybody. But I can guarantee you one little mistake can destroy a lifetime of character and integrity. And if I think I could have got away with it, there's a, there's the way that the law of the universe works is you don't get away with it. It catches you somewhere. You know, you suddenly find out, oh, sorry, by the way, I've got a sexually transmitted disease. You know, I got it from a toilet in Malaysia. You, know. you do not get away with those tests of integrity those tests of character, and they're measured when you're not being watched. Character's often been said as who you are when no one else is watching. And I want to thank God, and you can tell my wife, I grabbed my trousers and I left. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Because the mind will play with you. If you want to succeed in life, you've got to live smart. You've got to live wise. This is wisdom stuff. And this is what it says in verse 2, that the wise man gets to the fork in the road and he takes the right road. The fool takes the left road. The definition of being smart, as far as the Bible's concerned, is taking the right road. The guy who's the fool who takes the left road, he may have a PhD. He may have a set of encyclopedias. He may even know how to Google. He could be incredibly smart, but he does the wrong choice. If you want to succeed in life where you come to a fork in the road, sometimes you just have to do what's right, not to do what feels right. Hey, did you hear me? Sometimes you've got to work out what's the right thing to do here and just do it in the name of Jesus and your feelings will catch up with you and be very glad for it because that builds a successful life in the name of Jesus. A man went to a counsellor once, a Christian counsellor. He's on the other side of the desk and the uh, man seeking help says, uh, can you help me? I want to feel better really quick. The counsellor paused for a moment and stroked his beard and replied, I suggest that you need to get a case of your favourite wine, find some consenting attractive women and go to the Bahamas for a week. And the man said, I thought you were a Christian counsellor. You know, what sort of advice is this? This certainly doesn't sound very biblical. He says, well, you're right, but given your request... You want to feel good real quick, then this is the best advice I can give you. Go and grab the world with both fists and see how that works for you. Of course, it doesn't work in the long term. 
It takes you to darker places, to more desperate places, to more disappointment, to more death, to more destruction. Because sometimes doing the Christian thing is actually doing the hard thing. Oh, I know that's not always preached. Sometimes doing the Christian thing is manning up and saying, this is what God says. Whether I like it or not, I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. If you love me, Jesus says, you will do what I've commanded you to do. And we've actually so soppied up love, it's an ooey-gooey feeling now, that we think, oh, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. Yet we go out and we deliberately disobey him. This week we uh, took our daughter down to Teen Challenge and unfortunately she didn't stay in the program. She jumped ship and did some naughty things and all the rest. And uh, She rings up and says, you know, we love your mum and dad. And I have that scripture in my head. Thank God for the scriptures in your head sometimes. If you love me, you do what we ask. That's real love. The other thing is just a, a little feeling that tends to change as the weather changes. Is this okay? How to maximize your life. Well, the heart of the wise inclines to the right. The heart of the fool goes to the left. There will be forks in the road of your life. My friend today, please hear me. There will be forks in the road of your life and there is no reverse gear. There's no reverse. And I pray in the mercies of God, if you take the wrong fork in the road, there may be another turn back to the right road somewhere, but there's no way you can go around. Once you take those decisions, those mistakes, there is no putting it back in the bottle. This verse talks about our desires, good and bad, right and wrong. People say, just follow your heart. Just be true to yourself. Do what you think's best. Can I just say that's downright stupid? <laughs> some of the things I thought were going to be real fun end up being stinkers. You know, some of the things I thought were going to be really great stuff ended up being disastrous. Am I telling you the truth? It's just plain stupid. The Bible teaches that we should just do what is right and don't do that which is wrong. The Bible says favor and strength come from the God's right hand because the right hand in Scripture is the hand of blessing and the left hand's the hand of it's the toilet hand. It's the unclean hand. It's the hand that one does the ablutions with. So the right road is doing what God's will is. The left road is doing what your will is. And here's a simple guide. Before you open your mouth, before you send an email, push that button, send a text message, Facebook, get a job, whatever it might be. Can I just ask you to stop and say, God, does this please you? Does this honor your name? Does this build you or does it actually just make me feel a bit better? This is the concept of wisdom. Now, Moses was 40 years old when he came to the crossroads in his life. He could have stayed in Egypt. But the Bible says that he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Life is a test. It's a test to see whether we'll reach our maximized life in God or will we just meander around and go around in circles doing what we want instead of what he wants. He who keeps his life, Jesus says, will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. 
That is experiential reality. Verse 3, it says he walks on the road, the fool lacks sense and shows just how stupid he is. Every time someone takes the left-hand turn, most people look around saying, dumb move, stupid move. You know, so please, when you come to those forks in the road, choose slow. The secret of life is that life is short, fill it with God and enjoy life. Or if you've uh, seen the old war park in the German thing, we grow too soon old on too late smart. <laughs> we grow too soon old and too late smart. <laughs> it's easy to want to pole vault into success, not realizing that people pay a terrible price for success without character. There's an evil under the sun, the sort of evil that rises from a ruler. Fools are put into high positions and the rich occupy low ones. And I've seen slaves on horseback while princes go about like foot, on foot like slaves. So the book of Ecclesiastes is saying life is messed up. It's all upside down. It's not fair. It doesn't work. Can anybody say that's about how I found it? Yeah, that's about right. Wouldn't you agree here? Jesus said this, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself to one side and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to help somebody else. Message version, Philippians 2, 3 and following. Jesus also said, if anyone tends to come to me, he has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Uh, can we cross that out? That bit I don't like. I think I want to cross that bit out. Okay, Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself and your true self. And he sat down with them and told them what is in first place. And he says, be the servant of all. So... Let me just uh, bring this to a close for you. What issues do you need to correct because of personal integrity? What desires do I need to help to let Christ help me manage this week? When can I start learning rather than competing? Oh, that's a good one. Who needs my help rather than my power over them? Human beings in relationships tend to orientate themselves towards power and control. Where God doesn't use power to control us. Isn't that amazing? It is absolutely spectacular that the God who has all power lets you say no to him. Let you say yes to him. He could have called 10,000 angels to the earth. He could have put a sword to our throats and say, kneel and say that I am Lord. And we would have had to do so. He's got the power to do that. But he lets you actually respond because he wants to love you. God wants to love you. But we as broken people still want to control the people in our world rather than love them. It's easier to control than love. It's easier to have power over people than love. Yet that's what God calls us to do. Christ wants to fill our heart 
with a joy so that we can learn to serve because it's better to love than to succeed. Father, we just uh, pray that you would just help us this morning. Lord, the wisdom of Solomon comes to us and just gives us these little tips that a little bit of bad destroys a lot of good. A little bit of bad can undo great honor and great wisdom. One moment of foolishness can destroy so much of our lives. Lord, when we come to the forks in the road, Lord, there's a clear choice. Father, we just need to do the right thing, whether we feel like it or not. And Lord, if we'll let you, you will actually will give us the ability to walk it out. You will carry us and empower us as we make those right decisions. Lord, to know what it is to be able to suck it up, Lord, when someone yells at us or complains, some boss is being unfair, Lord, because a quiet spirit saves many bad mistakes. Lord, some of us are just hotheads and we get ourselves into so much trouble because we just can't settle and let you deal with it. Lord, the wisdom of learning how to serve, not to be concerned about status and who's further up the ladder than what I am and where's there on the ladder and they don't deserve to be there and I deserve to be there and stuff. Lord, you came to destroy those sorts of ladders. You taught us that uh, he wants to be first, needs to be a servant. Lord, these are principles that build character, and character builds a life of maximum potential and maximum success. Lord, today none of us are perfect. We are all human. We all have our areas. But Lord, I pray that you would just help us now by the power of your Holy Spirit that, Lord, we would admit to some areas in our life that need to come under the reins of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need to admit it. I've got a problem here. I've got an issue here. I need to deal with my drinking. I need to deal with my smoke. I need to deal with my substances, my temper. I need to deal with the way I treat my husband, my wife. Lord, I I need to deal with the... I need to deal. Lord, it's a problem. It's a fly in the ointment, Lord. Father, we could have a great life. We could have sweet-smelling, beautiful life, a great ointment, but there's a fly in it. Lord, help us to admit to the fly in our life in the name of Jesus. Admit to the fly in our life. And Lord, and then believe, Lord, you want to do something about it. Lord, that it's not just a case of us being now stored and disappointed by this error in our life, but Lord, that we'd open up our hearts to to let you in to help us deal with it. Lord, to believe that there's hope, Lord, to believe that there's power, to believe, Lord, that you want to change it for us, that you're going to help us, Lord, that, Lord, you'll cause us to be the victor, that we can destroy everything in the name of Jesus, that we are bondage breakers, that we are chain breakers, Lord, that, Father, you can break through, Lord, in any area, in any place in our life if we'll let you. Lord, help us to admit it. Help us to believe, Lord, that you want to bring us to a better future. And Lord, then I pray that we would commit. We commit to action. Lord, we would do something. Lord, we'd talk to someone. Lord, we'd see a pastor. Lord, we'd get help. Lord, we'd confess. Lord, Father, we would do something as a response. Lord, I pray now. Lord, we put a fork in the road for every person right now in the hearing of this voice. Lord, there's a fork in the road to the right, Lord. There's a better life. 
Lord, to the left, they're staying, Lord, on the same track, the same hurt, the same disappointments, the same problems. Lord, I pray today for wisdom to be in the house, that, Lord, we would just choose to admit, to believe, and to commit to action in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We're going to ask the team up. We're going to sing probably that new Rejoice song, new one that we did there. And, uh, you know, thank you for coming today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's really important to us that you have an opportunity to meet him today. He is real. You can't see him with your eyes. You can't actually physically contact him. But on the inside of your physical life, there's a spiritual life. Inside of your body, there is actually your dreams, your personality, your likes and your dislikes. There's the place of your fears, the place of your hopes. And that's that resides in something that the Bible calls your spirit. God loves that spirit. Your parents created your body. Yeah? That's the DNA and that stuff. That's where you got your physical body from. But not every baby that's born lives. Not every baby. There's always that little moment. You know, and you know, for a, a, a man to be there at the birth of his children and for the wife to see that. But there's always that moment. In the old days, you just smack the, butt, smack the little bottom and just see if they could cry, you know. House came out screaming, but, uh, but there's that little moment. Will they live? Are they alive? And then all of a sudden, they take their first breath. And then there's life, and you know. That breath, that life, is what God wants to rescue. He loves you. Your body one day will stay here. We'll get to put it in a box. We'll get to cremate it, whatever. But your spirit will live forever and ever and ever. You will live forever. You just get to choose whether you live that with God or without God. You can live it with love or without love. You can live it with peace or without peace. You can live it in an environment where there's health and healing and, or you can live in the other place. And you, we do get to choose. And just in the same way that a, a train can't go in two different directions down the railway line, it's either going one way or it's going the other way. Yeah? Can't go two ways at once. So too a human life can't go two ways at once. You are either now outside of the promises of God despite his heart being towards you today and every day that you live you are getting further and further down the track to a bad station that the Bible calls hell or you've turned your life around and you're moving closer and closer day by day to a place called heaven I just want to ask you today which track is your life on is it tracking away from life and hope and God or is it tracking towards Jesus. The Bible says that whoever would come to God and believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, Romans chapter 10, that they shall be saved. They get to change tracks forever. Isn't that wonderful? Really wonderful. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, maybe if I just ask the saints, could you just bow your heads right now and just have a moment of privacy? If you don't know Jesus, just want to give you an opportunity. We are not asking you to join a church. We're asking you to join a family. <laughs> We're not asking you to sign up. We're not here to embarrass anybody here. But we do want to give you the opportunity 
to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, if you'd say, Pastor, would you please pray for me that I might get the gift of eternal life? Can you just uh, put your hand straight up in the air? I'll see that. We'll pray with you today that you might receive Jesus as your Savior. It'll take a bit of guts. It'll take a little bit of uh, faith as well. But if God's speaking to you this morning, then this is your opportunity to meet with God forever. Can I just have the house lights up? It's possible. I can't see anybody. Thank you. Thank you. I just look over here to my right. Is there someone here today? Pastor, pray for me. Center section. Center section over here to my left. Father, thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you that this is a house of salvation. Lord, week by week, we do see people giving their lives to you. And we rejoice and we thank you that angels party every time someone comes to know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, help us to be wise people today and to learn from the wisdom of King Solomon in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close the service, but if you need prayer, if you have a need in your body, you need direction, whatever it might be, please feel free to come to the front after the service. And uh, we have a team of people here, and I will be praying with you as well. Love to see miracles happen. We see they happen Sunday by Sunday. The rest of us, please don't run away. Stay for a cup of tea and coffee and fellowship and love to meet with you and some of our leaders. And I meant to mention the offering, aren't I? I love to talk about money. No, I don't. Uh, Thank you. Uh, We do a lot of our giving here online, so a lot of people find that very convenient. There is a box at the back. If you'd like to put an offering, your tithes in there, we would appreciate that as well. Jesus says, more blessed to receive than give. Sorry? Oh, okay. (laughs) It's more blessed to give than receive. And uh, we are thankful. You are a a generous and a gracious church and enables us to preach the gospel next Sunday. So that's a good thing to do.